Okay, are you ready to run it? Right. Hi, Stanley Bear. Welcome back to Made Me Watch Podcast. I'm Leah. And I'm Brian. And we are back from our long, long time away because I had to buy a new computer. So we had no way to record. And our last episode, which we did on New Amsterdam, deleted 90% of it because my computer shut down in the middle of shaving it. So we lost our New Amsterdam episode. Do you have anything to say about New Amsterdam? It got better. Did you watch the second episode? I did. How? It didn't record. I just watched. Mm. No, I didn't watch it. So it didn't get better. You don't know if it got better. I don't know if it got better. Okay. So New Amsterdam. Oh, that was the one. The show that got better was the God Show. Mm-hmm. God friended me. God friended me definitely got better. I feel like that that show's got some legs. It'll be a good one. Yeah, it God friended me is one that can jump the shark really, really, really easily. Or it could be really, really good. And the first episode was, okay, maybe. The second episode was, I think they know what they have to do to make this good. But like I said, it's something that can very easily jump the shark. So we'll just keep watching and find out. And just generally, it's one of those shows that you watch and it gives you, you get a general good vibe from it. It's a feel-good show. It's a feel-good show. For sure. I, I, I watch TV to feel good. Yeah. So it's right up my alley. It's a good show. I like it. It airs on Fridays on... Either CBS or NBC, I, I don't remember. One of the antenna stations. But it's great, and you should check it out, and if it jumps the shark, then I take back this recommendation, and I'm sorry. But I think it'll be good. And it's got a lot of good actors in it, which is going back to New Amsterdam, which is the hospital show about Bellevue, where they changed the name instead of Bellevue, it's New Amsterdam. The problem with New Amsterdam was that they tried to fit so much into the first episode that you kind of just, like, fast out and didn't know where to look. Yeah, it was like, it's a lot of really dramatic twists that could be cliff, like episode-ending cliffhangers just back to back to back to back. So it didn't really seem like they knew they, yeah, they what didn't, they wanted to do. It's like they blew their load on the first episode. They didn't do any character development. They kind of just, you know, like he said, they kind of just threw everything at you at once and hoped you came back for a second episode. We were both going to watch the second episode, but our DVR gave out and it didn't record. And it's not a show I'm going to go looking for. So I love a lot of the actors on New Amsterdam. I just, hospital shows have to be really, really good. If you're looking for a good hospital show, watch Chicago Med. Chicago Med's a great show. One Chicago. All the, all the Chicago series is a, is a really good series. Don't ever doubt Dick Wolf. Nope, don't do it. The guy's TV gold. He is, except he's, for maybe this FBI show that just came out. I'm not sure if that's any good. <laughs> but he's, he's pretty much maybe 15 years of my life are watching his shows. Oh my god, I think I'm longer. I grew up on Law & Order, man. Yeah, it was. It's been. It's been a crazy ride. He's a. He's a really good writer. So all of that aside, we are here to discuss the second episode of Below Deck. Below Deck. With this Captain time, Lee and Kate Chastain, our faves. We're in Tahiti. We are in Tahiti. We're not in the Caribbean anymore, as Kate keeps pointing out. I didn't think it could get any more bougie than you know the Mediterranean, and then they they take off and go to Tahiti. But Tahiti is cheaper than the Med. I, I understand that, it, but it also seems like... More dangerous? Yeah, like such a pain in the ass to get to and be around. Like, you can't even get up on a beach, and, you know, that's uh, that's uh, a typical request from a charter guest. As right. Seen. It's a beach picnic, which sounds like a fucking nightmare, and I'm sorry, maybe I'm alone in this, but I don't want sand in my food. So if I have the option, I would like to go sit on a beach and then come back to the yacht and eat. I don't want sand in my food. Yeah, don't, don't. You're in no danger of getting Leah to go to a beach, let me tell you. I'm Irish. I glow in the dark. I don't belong in the sun. I get that, you know. Which is why we are not honeymooning in Mexico. 
(laughs) (laughs) So, Below Deck Episode 2 starts with the same charter guest as Episode 1. It's a friend of Captain Lee's and someone who was on last season. I call him Drunk Steve. His name is obviously just Steve. He is very annoying. He has a very loud screech that I want nothing to do with. It is the most annoying sound I think a human can make. I mean, Russ talking. Russ is from New Zealand. He is on the deck crew, and I already want to throw him overboard. Why? So, listen, there's a couple staples in Below Deck, right? Like, just kind of like the housewives, you have, you know, everyone fits into boxes. On Below Deck, there's always one stew who thinks she's better than the chief stew and is going to try to get her fired, and it never works. And then she doesn't come back the next season, and the chief stew does. Stop doing that. You can whine and cry and say she never works, she never works, she never works, but no one's going to believe you. It's just not true. And there's always one deckhand who believes that he is the bosun and cannot be convinced otherwise. And that's Russ. And my other problem with Russ, as we learned throughout this episode and slightly on the first episode, is that Russ talks out of both sides of his mouth. And yeah, so Russ, he's from New Zealand. He has a very cute kid named Ty that they showed in the first episode, but he definitely thinks he's forming under his pay grade. And he's somebody who's... He's performing over his pay grade? Is that what you meant to say? Over his pay grade, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. So he just... He, he thinks he should be both son, and he's trying to do the, like, snake thing. Yeah, he's trying to play both sides. Right. He wants to be one of the guys, but he also wants to be the boss, and that never works. Right, and, and he's not the boss, and that's the other problem. So to compare it to Below Deck Mad, on Below Deck Mad last season, we had... Joao? Uh, sure. Consonants and vowels. We had him, who was the asshole from South Africa, and he constantly was overstepping Conrad the bosun and just being like, no, no, I know how to do your job. You don't know how to do your job. Russ is doing the same thing, but he's trying to be sneaky about it, but he's just not that smart. Russ is more, ta- I would say that Russ is more tactful than Joao. Like, well, a absolutely. Good example, a good example is the is the part of the episode where he they're trying to pull anchor mm-hmm. and uh, what's his name? Uh, I keep wanting to call him Conrad because I'm stuck on Blue Deck Med. Me too. But his name is Chandler. Chandler, thank you. Which, by the way, they all have freaking names from friends. Sure, but Chandler um, was, you know, having trouble communicating what he meant and, or what he was trying to say and was giving Dr. Lee <laughs> doctor Lee, doctor you, you've upgraded him. Yeah, I've upgraded him. He's, to the he's doctor, a doctor now because he's living like a doctor. But he, oh lord, he uh, he was giving him conflicting instructions, and Russ was behind him, just giving him hand signals. And you know, Doctor Lee noticed. Fuck, Captain Lee noticed. <laughs> Sorry, I, I promise you, I'll get that right one of these days. But today is obviously not that day. I had a mouthful of champagne, and I was trying to swallow it instead of cough it up, but I was also busy laughing at Brian. So it was a very confusing sound, and I'm sorry if that came through. Also, there's champagne stuck in my throat, and I'm not upset about it. Um, Dr. Lee. (laughs) I think we should just rename him. I think we should just rename him Dr. Lee, too. I'll tweet him later and see how he feels about Dr. Lee, because he's pretty active on Twitter. So I mean, he pretty much seems like a doctor. I mean, he's a, like, I get a very he definitely has the doctor me. stoic face of right? when things are going wrong. He's like, I'm going to beat your ass later, but right now I'm going to hide it. I feel like Dr. Lee's the guy that would show up show up to the office in, in khakis and a polo shirt with uh, with the shirt tucked in. I also, so you're describing my father. I'm just want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to call him out specifically. Sorry. I mean, he doesn't have apps on his phone. <laughs> 
And he has a Blackberry. He'll never hear this. I envy that Blackberry. I lost one. Just can't with him today. Come back, Blackberry. Anyway, moving on from my engineer father, who is lovely but slightly insane. So let's since let's just break down the people. Since we didn't do episode one, let's break down the crew. So Chandler thoughts. He tries way too hard. Yeah. And he, I don't, I, I, yeah, he just tries way too hard. Agreed. Thinks that he's more effective than he actually is. So I don't think that he thinks he's more effective than he actually is. I think he's very used to um, laid back boats. And a lot of times, what people don't understand when they come on not only charters of yachts, but and granted, I've never been on a yacht. I don't like boats, and I've never worked on a yacht because I don't like boats. But and also, I wouldn't be able to handle the people that come on yachts. But my perception from watching many years of the show is that a lot of times when people are new to the filming, they don't really know what to expect. And based on something that was said at the Blowjack Met reunion of like normal charters are like a week with a client and filming charters are three days top. So I think Chandler is stuck on a week mode and not realizing that they only have three days with these charters and that they have to wise up. And I think also because he even made a comment that he's used to like the people chartering the boat being the owner of the boat. And when you have the owner of the boat on, they can do whatever the hell they want because there's no liability. Right. And that's the difference is these charter guests are guests. They're not owners. They're renting it, which means they don't have the same protection. Like, you know, if I own something, you know, if I own a boat and I wanted to drive it at top speed, it's not smart, but no one could really stop me. It's my fucking boat. I'm going to do what I want. Right. I'm the one that pays the ticket and sits his ass in a jail cell. Right. When it's just someone who's renting it, it's kind of the same as a house, right? Like, as a tenant, you can't do all the repairs and things you want to a house. You have to have landlord permission. The landlord has to pay for it. A lot of times, the landlord's not going to let you do it. That's just the difference between owning the house and being a tenant. Right. And that's something that I think Chandler needs to figure out. I also think that Chandler is just used to having crew that knows what the hell they're doing and never having to explain. You called him a douchebag. I kind of disagree. I think he's he's absolutely terrible at delegating tasks. He can't. He's very used to having people know what to do. And when they don't know, he doesn't know what to do. And I think in the first episode, if I remember correctly, he says something to that effect. Like, he's used to having such a tight crew that knows what they're doing, so he never really has to say anything. Yeah, he said he doesn't like he doesn't like a hierarchy, which on short charters, you need a hierarchy. And, and, and Russ said that, like, dude, no, like, if... And if you've watched any seasons of Blow Deck before, Blow Deck or Blow Deck Med, you know that generally they have a bosun and a lead deckhand for that exact reason. Right. And Russ is angling hard for... I'm not sure if his name is Russ or Ross. It's Russ. R-U-S-S. Because I have it written both ways, and with his accent, I can't really tell. He's angling for either that lead deckhand position or just Chandler's job. And based on the promo, we'll find out where he's going next episode. Well, I mean, yeah. If you want if, if you want to put a label on something, then then you can fight for the label. But right. he is essentially lead deckhand. Right. Although, what's what's the, the female deckhand's name? Psycho? Okay. Riley. Riley. Spelled Um, R-H-Y-L-E-E. All right. So Riley doesn't seem to, Riley doesn't seem to respond well when she's she's spoken to in a way that can slightly be misconstrued 
her as, you know, something being wrong. And I think that she oversteps her boundaries a lot. Riley definitely does. Riley is definitely crazy. She needs to simmer. I wrote that in my notes multiple times. Definitely frustrating to watch. Um, the first episode, I felt for Riley. Because she was talking about, like, how she's trying to make her place in a male-dominated industry. I understand that. It's hard. It sucks. She was talking about how she felt like she was, she wants to learn, but she felt like she was being ignored. I get that. It, it makes sense. However, her reaction to it is something like, it's similar to how someone would react if they've been ignored for over a year. You know, this is new to her. She's on her first charter. First charters are notoriously high stress, according to this show. And they seem very high stress from every episode I've ever watched. And instead of kind of like rolling with the punches on it and being like, okay, you know, after Charter, I can talk to them about, like, what to teach me. And we've seen that in the past where, like, the, the green deckhands have been like, okay, you know, show me how to tie this knot. Show me what this knot is for on downtime. And Riley's not picking that up. Instead, she's taking it personally. And it really does make me think of someone who's been ignored for a year or more who's at their wit's end. But where I lose sympathy for her is she's been on the job for a week. You have to have more patience than that. And you have to understand that other people are going to be frustrated that you're green because they are used to having people that have worked charters before. You've worked on fish boats as a captain. Congratulations. They're nowhere near as intense as this. Right. And yeah, you may have had to dodge, you know, icebergs in Alaska, but you had help. And also, it's not a 180 meter yacht. Right. So I think if she just breathes and let, you know, they're not doing a great job teaching her either. They're kind, they are kind of complaining and ignoring her, but... She's kind of opening herself up to that with being so... Pushy. Ragey. Not even pushy, just ragey. Because if you go straight to rage, no one's going to help you. But if, she, like I said, if she had been doing this for a year, I don't know, four years, I would understand her rage completely and agree with it. But it's been a week. Calm your shit. Right. I don't know. She's definitely struggling with it. And, and I, I'm, I'm curious to find out which person is the one that's asked to leave. Well, I've got two. They've been promoting since before the show aired that somebody is fired and refuses to leave their cabin. Right. And it's one of two people. Let's just be real. It's either Riley or Carolyn, which is a stew. I think that it's more, I think it's more likely to be Riley. See, I'm voting Carolyn. First of all, I've never met a Carolyn who's not crazy. I'm sorry if we have any listeners, listeners who are named Carolyn, right. but it's just true. And secondly, she had this whole scene where the where the poor chef, who is very young and very naive, was trying to be concerning and friendly and was just like, do you know that you look like someone who could snap? Don't ever tell a woman that, dude. Like, no. Yeah, that's, that's not a good move. That's an insult. And that's not how he meant it. And you could tell by, like, when she was like, what? That he was like, ruh row, ruh row, ruh row. Yeah. But he's like 19. He don't know what the hell he's saying. I liked uh, the first episode when Kate met him. She's like, how is our chef going to cook us good meals when he's an emaciated 14-year-old? Which, by the way, have you ever looked at his fingers? Because we freeze-framed it on his fingers, and they're fucking creepy. I mean, he's a, he's a little skinny yogi. So creepy. It's not... I, I typically subscribe to that rule as well. I don't. I never want skinny chef. But to this kid's credit, the stuff that he comes up with and what he, what he presents on the plates and what... It seems the guests' reactions are to the food. He looks like a badass chef. He's a very badass chef from what we've seen in the reactions. You're right. Um, His name is Adrian. Like I said, he's really young. I think he's like 24. I don't think he's 19. Uh, He's from San Martin. Yep. Which is Party Palace of the Universe. It's like uh, Kate compared it to the Vegas of the Caribbean. Yeah. And he is a yogi. He is 
somebody who describes food as a journey, which I'm sorry, my brother's a chef and I just can't take that seriously. Like, it's food. I love food, but it's food. <laughs> he talks about, like, making people feel things through whatever spice he's putting it in. And I'm like, no, you're just making them happy because you're making their tummies dance and that's food. But he definitely looks like an amazing chef. His presentation is on point. Some of his choices are a little bit interesting, but everyone seems to be happy with it. And chefs know how to make good, interesting choices. Yeah. But he, everything that he put on that table, although his portion size. He's cooking for himself, which means like half a human gets I to see, eat that's it. That's the problem. Okay, so here's here's kind of a sidetrack on this conversation, but what I think that is the I think that's the difference between a skinny chef and a rotund chef, a rather large chef. They, you know, a large chef knows that hey, you're coming to pay food. I want to get get your money's worth. Whereas the skinny chef's just like, oh, this looks pretty, but it's gonna be really small. And you're gonna be hungry afterwards. So agree to disagree. Just solely because I, you know, like I said, I've been around chef life a little bit. I've met. We're a ton of chefs, I'm at skinny chefs. The one thing that I've noticed is the difference of chef life, I call it. Um, you're gonna hear that like 900 times in this podcast, I'm sorry. The difference between size and chef life is the amount of work you put in. Kind of different on a yacht because you don't really have much room in the galley to run around, but the chefs that are the hardest workers in the actual kitchen when you're at a restaurant tend to be skinny because they're running around like chickens with their heads cut off trying to get everything. The chef that's big, fat, rotund, whoa, in the back. He's just a dude that creates the menus, he doesn't really, and puts the finishing touch on. He's not the guy that's cooking it. The the ones that are cooking it and mastering it are going to be the skinny guys because they're running around and they're busy and they work ridiculous hours. And I know I make fun of chefs, but I have a ton of respect for them. Um, I, I saw what chef life was like when my brother cooked avidly. And it's not a joke. And he lost a ton of weight when he was cooking because of how much he was running around. Yeah, it's definitely an art form. For sure. For sure. Respect. Jinx. Respect. But there is something to his, you know, when he when he got a little little wooey with his, I like to make people feel things through their food, you know, kind of. A got little, a little hippy dippy, as we call it. A little, little, hip, little hippy dip right there. I can see where he's coming from because, you know, the food that I cook, you know, I'm the primary chef in the house. Whatever. And I, the more I care about cooking the food, the better job I do. See, I'm the opposite, where, like, when I cook, I don't ever want to eat it. So that's my problem with cooking, is I'll spend all the time I'm cooking, and I'll make it really nice, and I'll make it really good. But by the time I'm done with it, I'm like, fuck this meal, I'm going to go to McDonald's. That's why I don't cook in this house. Yeah, that, that, that's, I have the opposite reaction. Unless it's breakfast, because I make bomb breakfast. Um, breakfast at any hours of the day, come on. And we're not we're we're not restricted by labels. We're not being put in boxes here. Nine out of ten times, the only thing you'll find in our fridge is eggs and cheese and, and champagne and I. Don't have a problem with any of those things. And bacon. <laughs> oh, and bacon or, or sausage. Yeah. Breakfast team. Okay, let's get back to let's get back to brass tacks so, here. So anyway, he's Riley, not Riley. Chef. Adrian. Uh, Adrian. Um, made some really cool, interesting. And Captain Lee was smiling a lot, which generally when Captain Lee eats with the with the guest, he's a not that happy about being there, and b he's like mediocre about the food. But because this guest was his friend, and the food was new and bomb, he was like, ooh, happy. To the point where even Kate, like, both episodes is like, yo, Captain Lee's real happy. That's not normal. Yeah. And, and Kate has worked with Captain Lee, I think, four times, three three or four times on the show. And don't quote me on that because I'm not looking it up. And I think she's worked with him in between shows as well. Because they're, they're really close friends. Like, she goes out with his wife and they, they all live in Florida and stuff. So. Right on. 
She's cool as shit. Kate is the cheap stew. We'll just go into her because you guys should know by now by listening to Blow Deck Med episode that I freaking love the chief stews. I love their bomb ass attitude. I love how just like, first of all, resting stew face is my favorite thing ever because I have resting bitch face. And so the fact that they've renamed it to something where I can say out loud and like work is great. Um, and I just think they're, they're like amazing bosses and get zero credit for it because every, because of the way that the, the, the charters run, everybody's like, well, we could be friends. And it's like, yeah, we can to a degree, but also I'm your boss and I'm going to put you in line when you're not doing well. And Kate's really good at that. Um, one thing I did find interesting about this episode with Kate is Kate usually gets a lot of flack, much like Hannah from Below Deck Med, that she, oh, he's Stanley down, um, that she uh, doesn't compliment her crew. And this whole episode, you can hear Kate going, you've done a good job. Go to bed. Knock off. Okay, you've done good. Thank you for your help. You've done amazing today. And normally they cut that shit because they want to make her look like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, they she always has issues with her stews, and this this round, this season, she doesn't seem to have those same problems. Oh, it's building. Like, like, let's, like, everybody knows Kate. Kate's awesome. Kate's great. Love her. You've listened to us before. If you're new to us, Kate's, Kate's a badass chief stew. End of story. Let's move on to the butler. That guy. Josiah. That guy is, like, who the fuck is a butler? Not even a butler. He went to butler school. Like, he's certified. First episode, I walked away thinking, okay, I'm probably going to get really irritated by this guy halfway through the episode, through the season. Second episode kind of put his, like, guard down and made more, like, funny jokes and less, like, mean and pointed jokes. And I freaking love Josiah. And then him and Kate together are great. Yeah, they're best friends. That scene where, like, Riley was having an epic meltdown. And Josiah and Kate were just hiding with their glass of wine on the stairs and listening, but not being a part of it. Right. 100% what me and my best friend would do. Samantha and I would be up on that stair being like, oh my God, did you hear that? (laughs) We would be enjoying the hell out of that. Well, that's you do you, boo-boo. So, yeah, I know. I do. But yeah, Kate and Josiah are friend goals as of now. I hope it doesn't change, but it could. Josiah seems like he kind of just is going to work and work and work. Him and Caroline are definitely going to go have issues because Caroline, the other stew. So there's three stews. There's Chief Stew Kate, Josiah the butler, and Caroline. That girl's got crazy in them eyes. Yo, she's got crazy in everything. She's got crazy eyes. The way she talks is crazy. The way she holds on to things is crazy. You know, in the first episode, Josiah shushed her. She flipped out. And, like, in the second episode, she brought it up again. And I was like, I just want to be cool. Like, I'm over it. And it's like, if you're over it, don't talk about it. Apparently that only happens, like, 12 hours before. That's true. I guess that's different. Whereas us, it's, like, a week long. Right. In real life. Yeah, I guess that's true. it It happened yesterday. I guess that's true. I keep thinking it's like days and days. But also, she got crazy eyes. Dude, that girl... You know she cooks bunnies in her free time. Like, you know it. She makes bunny stew out of live bunnies. And don't sue me because I don't got no money, but, um, you know, she makes live bunny stew out of bunnies. I don't want to be mean. She cray town. She's nuts. She's batshit. This girl definitely flew over the cuckoo's nest. Like, when, you know, granted, again, you don't tell someone they look like they can snap. Okay, but when the dumb young chef said that, instead of being like, that's a weird comment. Okay, whatever, bro. She, like, immediately delved into it and told him about how, like, well, I guess it comes from my parents. And then he started psych 101-ing her. And then she's like, yeah, my dad was a narcissist and my parents never paid attention to me. What? Day one, dude. This is, like, day one. Yeah. 
You're a little much. That's the, mm, all right. Fuck it. Whatever. She's one of those people that are that. Okay, so she, she like apparently she had a bed passed. Got it. Noted. Everybody has. At the same time, she she's I think she's so broken from that past that she spent her entire young adulthood trying to fix it, right? And I think that that's where her intensity comes from because it's like she's got all these broken pieces on the ground and she's like scrambling to put them up real fast and, and trying to put it all back together again. But she outwardly to the world, you can there's just something about her that's like off kilter. Most definitely. And she is for sure Captain Crazy Town. She got a psych degree. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's she right. Got a, she got a psych degree. Even she made a comment where don't you realize that all the people have psych degrees are slightly crazy themselves? Right. Not knocking therapists and psychologists. One of my really good friends, Carol, love her to pieces. She is, you know, a psychologist, psychiatrist. I always get those confused. Whatever. She's got her PhD in it. But it's true. If you study psychology for long enough, it's because. You're somewhat crazy on your own level. And I'm granted, everyone's somewhat crazy on their own level. But Carolyn, you're right. She definitely tried to fix herself and it didn't work. And that is why she went from like essentially graduating with a master's in psychology where you could be a therapist to working on yachts. Right. That's like, a big that's a big fall. If you know I mean, unless you're taking the taking a year or two off to do your own thing and Right, or you know, there could be the option too. Like I graduated with a degree in computer uh, graphics, but I graduated and realized I fucking hated it and I didn't want to do it anymore. Right. She could have had the same thing with like, but I really think you're right. I think she was trying to heal herself and realize she couldn't. Maybe she just needed to diagnose her parents as being narcissistic and shitty. I don't know. That's her words, not ours. I don't I really I I'm not the not knocking mental health or or, you know, issues with your past and, and mental problems at all. But I have I have very little patience for the my parents didn't pay attention to me excuse and not being productive well, and successful. There's a difference not between the excuse of my parents didn't pay attention to me and of my parents for outright abuse. Those are very yeah, two different fields. Okay, moving on. So we've talked about Carolyn and Riley. One of those two of the people is getting fired. I don't know which one it is. And then we've talked about Russ or Ross or whatever the fuck his name is. We've talked about Chandler. We've talked about Chandler. We've talked about my love, Kate. We've talked about my love, Captain Lee. By the way, I missed their one-liners. The one-liners from Kate and Captain Lee are gold. The second episode didn't really have that many, but the best one was when the insatiable, like, insane guest was super drunk and jumped off the bow and she's holding an umbrella and a bottle of, or, of champagne and he's floating off to nowhere and she goes, live your best life. <laughs> that was pretty good. I, I compare that to, I forget what movie it is, but there's a movie or a show. Oh, no, no. It's Pitch Perfect and it's... Uh, oh. Uh, Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick, yes. And Andrew Kendrick in Pitch Perfect goes, make good choices. <laughs> I felt like that was Kate's make make good choices movement. So Carolyn also has a problem where she doesn't know how to speak to people. Where she went up to the guest who is super pissed because he can't have a beach party and goes, Are you happy? No, girl, don't open yourself up to that. Yeah, why why even walk down that street? I'm just it, it it's definitely one of those talk before you think moments. And Kate came in clutch fixing that. So we've got the South African, which I'm really glad they didn't double us up on two South Africans that were douchebags back to back with Joe. And um, this guy's name is Ashton. 
this thing just fell off and that's uh, annoying. Yeah, like I said, we're still having technical difficulties. We ordered new mics and they came and then I realized that I didn't order the converter that you need to connect the mics to the computer. So I'm not very smart, but it's fine. Okay, so what do you have to say about Ashton? Ashton is, I, I honestly, I think it's Ashton that is the one that gets kicked off the boat. Why do you think that? Because he's a drunk? Because he's a drunk and because of his personality and I just don't, I, I don't know. I just see, but I can't see Ashton not leaving. I can see him getting fired and be like, well, fine, I'm going to go back to stripping or whatever. But I can't see him like locking himself in a cabin to have a meltdown. That feels more Riley or Carolyn to me. And I'm not saying that because they're women, I'm saying that because they're crazy. Yeah, you're probably right. Because I, I see Ashton, if he gets fired, more on trying to set the boat on fire. That could happen, too. Russ could also lock himself in a room. He seems like that kind of type. I don't think Russ is that kind of type. But I, I think Russ is... So the promo showed Russ going up to Captain Lee and being like, I'm overstepping, but I'm going to talk to you anyway. And uh, I think that's going to end up with Captain Lee just bitching him out for, like, you need to follow the chain of command and I'll handle this, and then bitching out Chandler for not handling things. I don't think that's going to go to the way Russ wants of him, uh, Chandler getting demoted and him getting promoted. So yeah, Ashton's just there. The only thing with Ashton is that he seems to be a hard worker. He definitely just looks at Riley like she's already naked, so they're totally going to bone. <laughs> Do you not agree? That's just the first time I've ever heard you use the phrase, they're going to bone. Oh, I say it all the time. <laughs> How you know your fiancé doesn't listen to you. I wouldn't listen to me either if I had the choice. So yeah, he, he seems like a decent guy, but we'll see. He definitely likes to party and doesn't think that... This annoyed me. So they all went out on their first night, and everybody wanted to go home, but Ashton was flirting up with all the women and dancing in the club and he's like I want to go home what's wrong with you people I want to stay and party listen if your friends come up to you at a bar and say it's time to go home it is time to go home don't be that person that makes everyone stay everybody has a friend that refuses to leave the bar until closing despite how tired everyone is I know I'm not that friend are you that friend I am not that friend because I know that friend in my group Tantrum score. So the one thing that we kind of didn't talk about Russ or Ross or whatever the hell his name is, the New Zealander, is I mentioned it vaguely, but he does he does talk out of both sides of his mouth. So like he was telling Riley, ask all the questions, ask all the questions. And then when they were docking and she asked questions, he was like, oh my God, her fucking questions are so annoying. Yeah, I noticed that too. I'm like, no bitch, you're annoying. So we talked about, who have we missed? We talked about Kathleen, we talked about Kate, the most important people on the show. Right. We talked about Josiah, we talked about Carolyn. Right. Great, great, great. We've talked about Adrian, we've talked about Josiah, we've talked about Ashton. We're done. We're not done. Uh, now we're going to talk <laughs> about the primary. The primary. Steve. Steve. Crazy ass Steve. Yeah. It's, he's definitely playing it up for the cameras, but he's, he's, he just... Well, I don't think he's... I just, I, the thing that I think about most often watching this show is how, how are you going to go to work at the, like, the week after this airs and... You know, go into a meeting and be like, yeah, I'm a good guy. I'm a nice guy. Well, most of these people are um, business owners. Right. So they don't have anyone to report to. The other thing is with Steve, is he full on admitted as he, as he full on admitted as he was leaving, his fiance said, like, you need to apologize for something. And he goes, do I need to apologize? I don't remember. So he spent the whole time blocked out, which is right. the exact same thing he did last year. Right. But yeah, Steve is insane. He had a one man phone party where he put. So. So, in the jacuzzi, and... Freaked out the, the deck hand. No, he freaked out Josiah. Josiah, peace, though. Stuart, he was just like, and you have fun, don't drown, yeah, I'm gonna I, go. I'm nowhere near this as this goes down. And then Russ stayed, and then he's like, I'm on anger watch. I'm like, you're on anger watch, bro. Like, 
you need to be watching the anchor in the anchor room. Right. And, and where Captain Lee usually hangs out. You don't sit there on the fucking deck, man. But the so I've learned from not my own decisions, but decisions where I was idly sitting next to that if you put soap in a jacuzzi, it ruins the jacuzzi. Yep, real bad. So yeah, have fun with that when they return the boat. The one note I have about Adrian's food, I'm looking over my notes right now. The one note I have about Adrian's food is the food looks amazing. However, don't make pistachios a dessert. Girl, no. What are you talking about? Pistachios are delicious. But they're not a dessert. But you don't like desserts. You can't even add those. Pistachio ice cream is the disgusting. Best, the best flavor of ice cream. Just in case you heard that, that was me kicking my feet in anger at how wrong he is. No. Pistachio is the shit. So is the butter pecan. Ooh, butter pecan. Pistachio and butter pecan in a bowl on my deathbed and daily. Okay. Which means I have to eat it every day. So the other guests on this... I can um, moving on. <laughs> the other guests on this episode pretty much were just avoiding Steve. All of them needed to master the Irish exit. That was really weird. Like, yeah, even his Steve fiance were just like... Yeah, everybody that, like, last year it seemed I feel like, like you do that to me when I'm drunk, though. You're just like, oh, whatever, leave me alone. No, I don't do that to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I, I do that to like, you. I run away. I feel like he... Last year, he they were, they, like, played ball. Like, they joined in, they... they to a degree, because they did ditch him. They, they were over it at some point. But then this year, this season... You know, they just pretty much shut him down the whole time. They did. He did everything on his own. I went, he went, he rode the jet ski, he jumped off the boat. We don't do that. Floating, he got in the hot tub. The other thing I noticed about last season, well, I don't really remember him on last season. I vaguely remember the one man phone party, but I think last season there was more men. And this season it was all women. But they, they definitely. Like, come on, the Irish exit is not hard. You don't say goodbye, you just go. And all of them were always like, okay, well, we're gonna go to bat. No, just go. Don't say anything, because if you say something, he's gonna try and make stay. Right, and the one one of them tried, and then she got called out by the other girl, remember? No, because she said goodbye. You just leave. You don't yeah. say anything. Yeah. Well, suck at the Irish when you, when you are at a party with 40-plus people, right? When you're at a big party or a decent-sized party, 20-plus people, 40-plus people, and you want to leave and you want to sneak out, you pick one person, the quietest person in the room, and you say, hey, I'm going home. I'll text you when I get there. And then you do that before anyone else can find you. If you are on a boat with six people, you just go to bed. They know you can't get lost. True. I'm sorry. I'm a master of the Irish exit. You can ask all my sorority sisters the amount of times I left bars with them all by themselves. Probably not a great thing, but eh, I always made it home. Moving on. I am not a fan of the fact that the two crazy people on the boat are redheads. I feel like that's discrimination against the Irish, and I'm not okay with it. I'm not going to touch that one. Yep. You can, you can roll your eyes. That's fine. At one point, Carolyn said something like, today's going to be a good day, and her eyes read, hi, today is such a good day. I don't stab those who disappoint me. I'm not hiding from the authorities, I swear. The tip meeting was kind of disappointing. Steve didn't leave a good tip. Captain Lee was upset because it was a friend and he kind of screwed them after making them jump through hoops. Also, Riley, pro tip, wear a bra if you're going to wear something white. Pro tip number two, wear underwear if you're going to wear something white and see through. Pro tip number three, don't mention to a chef that you've never had pate, but you have had spam. Again, she's a fishing boat captain. I don't care. That's terrible. What, What do you really expect from her? I expect people not to admit when they've had spam. I don't feel like that's a high bar. Don't admit you've had spam. I've had spam. Ugh. I admit it. Right here and now, I loved that shit. Also, I loved how Kate was talking to Ashton, and she was, like, asking him all the questions, coming in hot with the one-liners, and he mentioned, like, oh, she's like, how did you get in your audience? He's like, well, I was doing dancing for a while, and she goes, ballroom dancing? Yeah. 
That dude, that dude. No, he was a stripper and you know it, kid. Yeah, Calm down. Has magic mic written all over his face. But I just love the fact that she made him, like, admit it. Uh, Riley went off the rails in the cab and then in the thing and we got to see all of her crazy on display. Especially, you know, yelling at your boss day one and calling him a fucking moron or whatever she called him and then yelling at him for interrupting. Not a good idea. But I did love, like we said, Keaton and Josiah hiding in the stairs and cheersing. I did not love Russ's reaction to uh, Riley's meltdown where he was just like, okay, woman, I'll take care of this. You go over there. And then he accomplished absolutely nothing. And they still have to wake up at 6 a.m. Yep. That whole thing was a shit show. It was. And it's just great because the whole season is probably going to be like that until they get fired. Do you have any parting comments? Are you going to be watching the next episode? Probably. They supposed to be this long. True. It's been multiple years. Do you have any recommendations? God friended me. That's a good one. That is a good one. That's that's really the the good one. Ninja Warrior's pretty cool. Isn't Ninja Warrior over? Ninja Warrior's never over. True. That's it for me. Nothing good? You caught up on? Well, the Mayans is pretty dope. Check that out, especially if you're a Sons of Anarchy fan. But if my suspicions are that if you were a Sons of Anarchy fan, you're already watching the Mayans. So if you like motorcycles, watch the Mayans. Things we'll never own for 200 Anyway, I suggest Low Deck, obviously. And this show hasn't aired yet. It comes out in, well, we're recording on the 10th, so it comes out in two days. But DC Universe, Titans, The Flash came back yesterday. We haven't been able to watch the episode yet. But I am throwing down on some Titans, and I am not going to let anyone interrupt that me watching that episode. Um, Godfriend Me is great. Uh, we've been recommended Manifest. I haven't watched it yet. There's been some really good, surprising shows. Oh, Cool Kids. Uh, it's on Friday. It's half an hour long. It's about three old comedians tearing hell on uh, old folks home. That's pretty good, too. And Teen Mom OG is back. And it's back with two new people. One of the girls is from um, Are You the One and The Challenge on MTV. And the other girl is Bristol Palin, who I was 99% sure I was going to fast forward through because of what I knew about her previously. I found her very annoying. However, Teen Mom does a good job showing that, you know, she's not what we all perceived during the Palin-McCain era. So I check out Teen Mom OG, too, from your reality TV trash corner that I love and live in. But that's what we got for you now. And thank you guys for listening. You're awesome. You're better than our real friends. And we love you guys more than them. <laughs> Follow us on all the social medias. I'll post the links in the show notes. But basically, it's generally uh, made me watch or made me watch pod. We are really pretty decent about updating you guys on the Made Me Watch Facebook, so please go follow that page. And we hope to hear from you, so give us an email. That will be in the show notes. And shameless plug, in the coming weeks, I'm going to be starting my own podcast that Bryant is not going to be a part of, and it's going to be called For Here for the Laws. So if you are a true crime or nerd law lover, check that out. I can't promise wonderful things, but I can promise it's going to be pretty interesting. The first episode I'm going to be tackling Alabama. So check me out, please. And as always, rate and subscribe. Made me watch. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Brian. Later. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>